Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome to another episode of Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. Before we get going, I just wanted to do a quick apology. I'm not sure what happened uh, with our recording here, but the uh, audio you're about to listen to is just kind of subpar, to be honest. Um, I had to edit it uh, from a Zoom call, uh, and we've got Lorianne Collins here. It's a great talk. We talk about uh, Tempest Anyone, and then we get into some fan theories and some fan music that Laurie's created which is incredible so like please stick around my sincerest apologies to her that this is the episode that I have to do the audio disclaimer but just wanted to give everybody a heads up like I'm louder than her there's no way to, to fix it there's some clicks every once in a while in the audio just from our recording I got rid of as many as I could so if you're an audio snob uh, and need really good quality audio all the time, I'm sorry. Uh, but why are you listening to this podcast anyway? Anyway, thank you for understanding, and enjoy the show! Okay, so, you have been transported via time machine slash parallel earth machine to another metropolis. Okay. You gotta find your way home. Your first thought, of course, Daily Planet, right? What? Daily Planet's shut down. Where where do you start looking for Clark Kent next? Ooh, where would you find Clark Kent? Uh, do I know where his apartment is? Or just... <laughs> okay, um, uh, yeah, he's not at that apartment too. So so much has changed in this world. Help Superman? No, <laughs> that's the right answer. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry Dean and Superman. We'll cover it all. At least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. What a show. I'm, I'm in my head going like, I'm building a whole thing in my head of like, well, maybe he works at a fire station and he changes yeah. when he goes up and down the fire pole. <laughs> that type of thing. But he you are how much else he does. That's you are indeed correct. Um, <laughs> welcome back to Lois and Clark to the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex, joined once again by Lorianne Collins. How are you? I am doing very well, Matt. It's glad I'm glad to see you again. It's yes. Glad to join you again. Um, we were just talking. It's been like three years and, and only it's half a season of the show. Three years. <laughs> no, we're still in season three. <laughs> no. I do want to say I'm I'm going to miss Ryan very much. I really appreciated his um his his what do you want to call it? I hate when I get stuck on words. But his, uh, <laughs> his more objective of view. view. He wasn't, yes. you know, into the show the way we are. He didn't grow up with it so much, but his views of it that's kind of from the outside, it was really fun to hear and I miss you, Ryan. I also miss talking Star Wars to you, especially after the sequel trilogy. Oh boy, we <laughs> could we could hear what you talked about. Holy hell, we've got um, a lot planned for this episode, but we could talk about that at some yeah, point. Yeah, that could be something uh, <laughs> some, love to hear. Um, yeah, w- trust me, we we all miss Ryan, but but we yeah. we trudge on through Metropolis mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to a brand new episode slash an episode I covered like. Literally months ago, so. Okay. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I apologize. This yeah, <laughs> I apologize if uh, I don't have too much to say here, but uh, it's still a great episode, and I still found new stuff in it. We are talking three fourteen Tempest. Anyone? An episode that you admitted to me right before we started recording is your favorite Tempest episode. 
It is my favorite episode. And I think most people, I mean, their favorite episode of the entire series is the first Tempest episode. Guilty. Tempest Fugitive. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> and it's a lovely, it's a wonderful episode. But part of me, I'm always the contrarian. I always, I never want to go <laughs> with everything everybody else loves. So I have to pick something else as part of it. So, and there's, I mean, this episode, you ever have an experience, you like, you're watching a show and you swear to God, somebody plucked ideas out of your head that you wanted to see on a television. Totally. Totally. Now it's unfurling in front of you. Excuse me. I might've hit something there. You're good. So this is one of those episodes where it's like, Oh my God, they're just kind of hitting me with certain things. That's why I called it Gen X Superman too, because we have a certain piece of music that's come that's used coming up. That was very Gen X. Um, There's, uh, there is something about Lois that I totally related to in this mm-hmm. episode. So, so I, I loved the whole thing. I also have, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the end of this episode, I'm a sucker for bittersweet endings. This um, is that totally. So I, I may even love them more than happy endings. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this one kind of has a lot of things that really, you know checks a box for me yeah it's it's a rare bittersweet ending for um <laughs> the show too that's not super contrived with amnesia or whatever else you know <laughs> um so let's get into that in a second Be- because i've already covered this recently okay. in case this winds up being a mini episode um listeners we're gonna have a bit of a fan talk uh after this as well because Lori is so deep into folk fandom it's not even funny but before we before we even get to that stuff later Lori. for the past mm-hmm. for the past pandemic basically you've been That's hosting right. weekly um watch along screenings basically of episodes right like can you talk about that yes absolutely i've been hosting uh watch parties for lois and clark it turned out um sometime around uh, about a year ago maybe <laughs> sometime we when the pandemic hit, lockdown hit, I couldn't see my friends. I still have several friends that um, I met through the show, but we had a lot in common outside the show. We hang out from time to time. And actually when the pandemic hit, we were all going to a UCLA gymnastics meet, but we had okay. to cancel that. So much and for that. Yeah. So, so it, me, I'm, I'm a, quite the computer nerd, tech nerd. I said, okay, I'm going to figure out if there's a way I can stream episodes and we can all join in virtually and, and uh, you know, have a, that will be our time together since we can't join each other in person. And so I did some research and started Googling some stuff. I found um, a service where it would allow me to stream my episodes that I own for my DVDs um, to them and hopefully safely without violating any copyrights. <laughs> they wouldn't, any download to their computer would go into a temporary file. They're not downloading the f- file to keep. So I wanted to be sure that was, you know, um, 
I was like, you know, you hear that lawyers were on the up and up here. I know I have to, you know, I have to say that because in my work life, I have to chase down copyright violators (laughs) on the internet um, for not for in general, just for a particular, for my particular job. So, so I was like, I wanted to be respectful of of that. I also have several friends that work in the industry and kind of work in that area of the industry. So it's just like, okay, let me figure out a way to do this. And I figured out a way. So I started holding weekly screenings of episodes and we started with uh, season one, first episode, and we are now at season three. Um, what did we just watch? <laughs> now I'm blanking. Um, I think I, we just Superman and then, oh, Superman. Superman and then, yeah. Yeah, Superman and then, yeah. That's awesome. So um, I know it's all like friends of yours in the past. Is there any, is there new blood? Is there a Ryan at the group that's just like, what the hell's happening? You know, like what, what's the dynamic? Or is it all just like fans that have loved it? Originally, um, it was just among fans I was still that I knew from the past and I was connected with through Facebook. And I'm like, hey, invite your friends, whoever you know would be interested and invite them and join to join in. And then when I think you posted something about the Lois and Clark legacy group, I had been thinking, it's like, maybe I should post, post it to some Lois and Clark group, Clark group to invite other fans who might be interested in yeah. joining us. And that's when the, the legacy group came through. And I was like, you know what, I'll, you know, I'll join this and I'll see if anybody's interested from here. And we've had maybe, a, we've gotten a, one, I, one or two people who have joined us from that group, not on a regular basis yet, but yeah, Rock on. a couple people, a lot of people are interested in it, but you know, it's, everybody has a life. It's hard to sometimes it's just forget things. The and, sad reason I haven't joined yet, but I, I would love to. Um, yeah. If anyone is listening, is interested in this, check out the Lois and Clark, the legacy fan group, and you are posting the link basically every week. So yeah, um, they can check the it out link. there. I also have my private group it's uh i think it was called uh lois and clark group watch initially i changed it to lois and clark watch party you can find me on facebook uh at request an invite it's private but i'll you know, of course i'll let you join in but either one cool yeah and you're happy you're welcome to join us every saturday around 2 p.m my time here west coast so nice yeah. and uh okay before we get into it too is there anything watching it now like kind of re-watching it so closely together like you know on a weekly basis that you're finding that you didn't see before any patterns anything that's like popping out to you now what i discovered <laughs> is i've never been the biggest fan of season one and i had a really hard time getting through it yep. <laughs> again um and season two I found better than I originally assessed, particularly towards the end. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate appreciate the season two a lot more this time. I thought there was an interesting balance between, I mean, it before it's season two towards the end is before the show went more campy mm-hmm. in season three. And there was a little more serious tone. I was like, you know, if it would had stayed at this tone, it would have been great too. I I feel you yeah it is before it's before the the that change though for sure yeah um yeah so with that said let's jump into the silver age here with um 
episode 314, Tempest Anyone, first aired January 21st, 1996, written by John McNamara himself, who's longtime consulting producer on the show, um, recently, you know, still working, recently working on The Magicians and uh, Trumbo, uh, the film, and then directed by Wayne Rich Colby, who since I covered this episode a couple months ago, I started getting into a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation um, based on a curated list from friend of the show, Zach Moore. Uh, so I went looking into Wayne Rich's like, you know, list of episodes to see if I recognized any of them. And I don't recognize any of them except for the finale. So I'm like, I, oh. I wonder, I wonder if he got the shit end of the straw on some of these episodes. But anyway, he's back here. And uh, welcome back. yeah, welcome back, um, Wayne Rich. But we start with the fanfare, um, which you've watched season one more recently than I have. Is this not the exact same shot that we see at the end of Batman? I'm thinking, oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Also, weirdly enough, Batman yeah. was our first episode together. Yeah, funny. Batman was my first episode. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to, oh, how did this begin? Oh, the fanfare, just that, um, that like shot of the stars and the Superman logo oh, and the, you oh, know, the super that. Is this the first time it appears? No, I, it, it started earlier this season. Right, because it becomes a regular thing for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. It was something that they didn't have. Oh, did they use that that music cue? I, I think they used the same shot um, at the oh, start, the at the shot. end of Batman, but I, I, I will have to go back and look someday and yeah. figure it out. Um, I wasn't looking that closely. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, we start with the fanfare, of course, and then fade into the streets of Metropolis, where Lois and Clark are talking wedding stuff, more importantly, guest list stuff, and Miss Lana Lang comes up. Right. It's our first me mention of, probably first and only mention of Lana Lang, isn't it? As far as I know, it's first and only. Yeah. Um, Lana Lang in the show is uh, Emily Proctor, uh, who I, I didn't realize did a bunch of uh, the West Wings but then did like 200 something stupid episodes of CSI Miami. Oh, really? I, you know, the names sound familiar, but not that I watched either of those shows, no. shows regularly, but the name seems really familiar. Same, same thing for me. I've seen, I've seen like smatterings of the West Wing. I haven't seen a single frame of CSI Miami except what's in memes, you know, and GIFs, so. <laughs> um, Right, my but, parents watched that show. That's probably where I've kind of picked Yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> it's like anytime NCIS comes up, I'm like, oh, I bet my mom knows who this is. Um, exactly. Anyway, you've been watching Superman and Lois, yeah? Yes. Um, wh uh, yes. Like, wh wh what's your thought on Lana Lang here? I mean, I guess that's kind of a loaded question. There's not so, much to her. Well, it's technically i would think um my first introduction to lana lang the character would probably be the christopher Reeve superman movies but sure i've only seen maybe three or four once in my lifetime <laughs> it didn't register too much so this is my main experience of the lana lang character all i knew about her or any any I, any background would have just come from whatever they gave me on this show and wow um, I, I really liked this this character, this portrayal. I, I thought she was funny. She <laughs> is funny. She has a couple of lines that I really loved. And it plays pretty nicely into the Lois and Clark dynamic. You don't want to have to think of some old girlfriend that he's still hung up on. And, you know, and as they portray her in here and this um, 
episode you're like yeah <laughs> glad she's out of the picture and- yeah I, she she just stri- she strikes me as someone um it, it's hard for me to imagine our clark dating her um yeah that's just a good point. just because she is um i don't know like it, 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 she was probably my first interaction or you know whatever experience mm-hmm. of lana lang as a character but then i totally grew up watching Smallville so like Kristen Kruick is my Lana Lang and this is not that character you know you know I didn't watch Smallville I did see some episodes I did watch some episodes so she's you know to me the Lana Lang (laughs) in particular more so than this character is and yeah you know this I just picked up on this character as part of what the ship she was what the show needed her to be I do think I mean if you think of Clark being attracted to a strong woman independent woman like Lois there is that element you know when you're first learning what you like it's like yeah I want strong and independent <laughs> but I don't want itchy mean so, yeah exactly so, That's so in a-, a way I can see how that maybe when you're younger and you're, you're a little yeah. more insecure you can kind of uh, date a person like that until you learn better and 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 yet, like, how much better did he learn too? Because Lois is not the kindest person to him for the first year and a half the of the first show. Year and too. Half to, that is, yeah, you know. interesting. All right, you're talking me into it. Like this, this mm-hmm. is why I do this show. Um, <laughs> also, why I do this show is for a little villain called Tempest. Clark um, hears uh, a bank alarm and runs off to do that, which is a false alarm set up by Mr. Tempest himself who immediately is back to his old tricks of pulling a gun on Lois. And I love that he does the, the glasses he d- he take the out glasses with him with her just to be a dick. Remember me? How about yeah. now? You know, about- it, it's, it's great. It's always great to have Tempest back. You know, he's the s- second best villain on the show. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. On a show that really struggled to have good villains. So <laughs> So yep. it's always uh, it's always a pleasure to have a Tempest episode. And as far as original villains go, like it's not even a question for like it is right. so Tempest won that race. Um, I I I mean, let's get into this though. Like, where the hell did Tempest come from here? Like, how did he get a time? Like, what the hell happened? Oh, this time. Yes. Yeah, because he was left in the previous one in the 1800s. Right. right. He was in jail. Yeah. In, in the um, rainy Midwest town, or Old West town. One of the things, and this is something I liked about season two, was him writing the diary that the villain of that final episode found. That's right. So, but then Clark, Superman did destroy that diary. Destroyed the diary. But where did that diary but come from? How, we don't know if Tempest wrote another diary and maybe. Right. <laughs> he saved it for himself in the future. I don't know. And some other get- someone went back to the future to fix it. Okay, so, you know what? That so diary he, saves it all not, for me. By the way, you get busted for this. This uh, bust yourself out of jail or something, or you know, figure out how to get out of this jail at this year. And, Lori, uh, yeah. I like since I watched this the other day, I've been trying to like fan wallpaper over this somehow, <laughs> and I had nothing. That that does it for me. The diary existing alone tells me someone from the future could have gotten another one or something like thank you great yeah let's go with that i'm good with wallpaper yeah uh but meanwhile he he 
takes her into an alley where he's got H.G. Wells' time machine, forces her inside, and mm-hmm. poor Superman lands just in time like, for her to be she? gone. I do yeah. want to, uh, I love his line here. He says, uh, step on or be carried makes no difference to me. Makes and no difference like, to me. It's always something. And I, I wrote this line out because it's something that I like about season three. It's the attitude of like, we know this is silly and ridiculous. Just go with it. And the stuff we really do well is gonna carry you through. So that that kind of like symbolizes that it makes it right. it's, always, it's always something. It's like, of course it is. We're gonna get married in a week. Why does this keep happening? Right. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. I, even like I forgot till rewatching it the other for this podcast, but like the Jimmy line in I think it is Superman and 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 where um <laughs> he brings them a bunch of police files and they're like anything weird. It's all weird. We're, we it's live in Metropolis. <laughs> you know, like, per- perfect. I love that. I love that lantern being hung on it for sure. But Tempest like somehow drops her off in into the middle of a Christmas carol. Basically, she's in a graveyard full of mist. <laughs> oh, I wanted to. Uh, this is this is one of the, the moment that you know, is somebody reading my mind moment. They're making the show just for me. When oh. they drop her off and she sees her gravestone. Mm-hmm. The year the slowest was born is the same year I was born. So oh, something silly. It, it's like, yes, oh wow, Lois and I are the same age. <laughs> so it was it was a fun thing to to see at the time and stuff and just made me more love the show even more. I totally like I okay. so watch stuff like that too. Yeah, I, it's um, like yeah, these characters are my generation, you know. We I, I know what they've been through, you know. Yep. <laughs> I know what they watched when they were kids. I know exactly. Like, <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, this this Lois in this world apparently didn't didn't get to live to see, you know, what you were watching <laughs> no, in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like I love this conceit here that that like a big key. I mean, obviously we'll get to the Kents later, like they're not a part of this world. And I have my theories on this, on that, but like a big part of why Tempest might've chosen this world is Lois isn't around, you know, like, mm. and she, I like, I probably said it last time and I'm sorry for how much I repeat myself in this episode, but like, she is such an integral part of Superman as a presence. And I yeah. love the fact that this episode is is basically all about that you know and it seems especially um back then it was so um it was so unusual for the female character and a superhero property to mean so much to the hero to be it's like you know i need (laughs) this person is part of why i do what i do or why i can do what i do or why i'm inspired to do what i do and for that to be a woman, I mean, we were always, okay, Dan's a little in distress, pushed aside. Right. And Superman um, going forward, um, Lois is so integral to who he is. And that, that's kind of why I love the character and why I love Lois as a character. And I, I just appreciate it. <laughs> I'll have to talk about our my Superman and Lois review later because I won over a couple of uh, my friend and cousin who were not Superman fans until so anyway but that, that we'll get into that later interesting yeah well it's honestly yeah. it's a part of Superman and Lois that I'm still waiting to see more of like they've okay. got they've gotten to be um, 
they had like a date, you know, once or twice. Right. And they certainly have chemistry and you, you know mm -hmm. that there's love there and whatever, but like, I'm waiting to see a, a little more of a light shine on why, how important she is to him doing this, you know? Okay. And uh, I just don't think that the show, and it, it's also the, just the story that show is telling. They haven't really had time right. to, but with a title like Superman and Lois, like, tell me why she's in the, you know, like prove to me why she's yeah. in the title. I know okay. why as a fan, but I want the show to kind of show it a little bit more still. I see. Yeah. Anyway, we're, oh, yeah, welcome to tangent land here today. Gang. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Um, I Back at Stake Metropolis, ultimate yeah. Metropolis. It's not Stake, Earth, right? Yeah, Earth 2 Metropolis here. Right. Um, we meet new H.G. Wells, played by Hamilton Camp. Um, okay, you said this is your favorite uh, Tempest episode. Where do you fall? Like, do you have a favorite H.G. Wells? I don't. I like them both. Okay. Was, I thought the reason they came up with him being different, I thought, I buy that. I can buy that. That's that's kind of a fun way to explain it. You know, it's like me from I'm it's the older me. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, okay, I can I can go with that. And I I loved Hamilton Camp's portrayal. I love Terry Kaiser's portrayal. They're both fun. Um, they're both great with uh, Tempest. You know that how they play that those two characters play off each other. The comic stuff. Yeah, it was always a lot of fun. So. Oh, this episode especially. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I'm always partial to Terry Kaiser for what, like, whatever performance reasons. But you're absolutely right that, like, that that kind of fun Tempest and Herb situation, like, still still totally exists here. And there's, mm -hmm. um, I think there's more of a sweetness to Hamilton Camp's H.G. Wells yeah. than than Terry Kaiser. I think Terry Kaiser um, has his tongue in his cheek a little bit more. And maybe that's maybe that's why I like it to be honest. But. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I think you're you're right. They they do approach the characters differently, and uh, there is Hamilton Camp does bring kind of a sweetness, a sentimentality to it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, but he uh, he sits Lois down and um, conjures a flashback out of thin air by telling her everything that she missed last time, like. I guess I buy this, that she's just like... Just go with it. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. <laughs> the same way that I'm like, I guess he got the time machine and the time machine can jump through the multiverse. Through, yeah, alternate universes. Yep. Now. He's like, when he's older, he figured that out. I don't yeah, know. good for him. Um, <laughs> good for him. And he found talent. I do. Well, I, I mean, this is another thing to show. Uh, and not that it was the only show at the time, but like a show on a major network doing an alternate universe. You know, you might have had might totally. have had Star Trek and things like that doing it, um, but that's kind of genre sci-fi syndicated. So it, you know, this was a big deal to me. No, like, wow, we're gonna do, they're gonna do an alternate universe in the, on a network show. That's that's pretty cool. Totally true. Like mm -hmm. before, like it's just so funny, like how quickly it rises when, like, for this while on the CW universe, like they all lived in multiple universes and they knew about them and they had little gears that brought them over to there. You know, like it's just, it's mm -hmm. so funny, but yeah, no, this is, this is a first baby step, but it is a totally notable step um, right. as far as that's concerned. Um, although like, once again, the goddamn 
um, Superboy show that I haven't seen a single episode of did it too, like long oh, before this. Okay. Another, but again, like you're saying, syndicated doesn't count. So right, I mean, it does. It does count. But those shows, yeah, they're they were allowed to be more experimental with storylines like that. Yeah. Whereas, like this was, you know, network television. You didn't do things like this right. Totally. Much. Um. Uh. What do you think of? Uh, Trump's metropolis. I mean, Tempest's metropolis here. <laughs> you know, that's, I have, I wrote down, it's like, it's another one of these, the Lois and Clark episodes that ended up being predictive of our future. So weird. Um, it is, yeah, the, the guns everywhere. And it's, you know, now that we're, we're kind of living that, it's so sad. It just, just amazes me, you know, and it's that there's a push for like we need more guns so you can protect yourself and all right. all this craziness it's just like <laughs> I'm not, and then you watch this episode it's like is this what people want you, you know yeah you know, the store uh, owner bring, bringing out an automatic rifle and you know a military grade weapon to you know chase yeah. off her the people who robbed her for few bucks i don't know right with a world-class bullshitter telling you to fear the alien the enemy you know exactly. it's just like exactly. oh god damn oh. It's just how universal and terrible these thoughts are in the human race, really. Um, but uh, I, I do still love, I mean, like he set up camp in this world, apparently, like that he's got this yeah. grocery store, like the guns and groceries, you know, right. it's store and stuff like that. You know, I think it is, it's like, okay, well, you know, he seems to have command of this world pretty right. handily. So why what is his motivation to do the things he wants in this episode it's like he can ask well you have everything you want but i mean people who want power will usually want more power so more power like, it wasn't just enough for him to have no superman lois is dead he had to in a like, chain of totally... successful gun stores and groceries exact gun stores and groceries <laughs> he had to like he had i have to completely vanquish my enemy humiliate him completely turn the world against him yeah and, it feels like it like running for mayor though does feel like small potatoes for him at this point the fact that he then escalates to president next time we see him not next time but season four like makes a lot well, of sense know, to me and that's what i thought of watching this it's like he's only running for mayor oh yeah that's right well he gets more ambitious later right. and then the whole mayor metropolis thing popped in my head mm -hmm. <laughs> and I realize, and something we've talked about, like I've written songs I'm based off, inspired by this show. And one was called Mayor of Metropolis. And it never dawned on me that he, he's trying to become <laughs> mayor. And that the, I, I never, this episode never dawned on me when I was writing that, that song. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, just a missed thing. But like, we that is gonna that's a little tease for our fan talk yeah i just episode. wanted to go but, but like, um i was like watching this again i just like slapped my forehead it's like, like oh my god oh, anyway, man. But we'll move on i'm sure there's a good quote yeah but um <laughs> yeah let's get into to fan songwriting uh later on but later on yeah everybody stick around it, it's um if Lori lets me play some it's it's very exciting honestly <laughs> okay <laughs> um but okay. uh I, I will always love the idea of, you know, if one of these characters, Lois in particular, I guess, is lost in a strange metropolis and everything's wrong, she knows to go to the planet. Like, there, there, there's, right. you know, there's that kind of, 
there's always a home base type thing he's always going to be there type of feel that I, mm -hmm. I really enjoy. Um, but before she does that, we've got to uh, meet up with Tempest, who is uh, love and life. He's looking at all his gold and he's telling his hench person, like, what if I told you I had a alternate dimensional whatever machine that I just pop into other dimensions and steal what I want and come back all the time. And the guy's just like slack jawed. Um, this is uh, his major domo, who, mm -hmm. who I must talk about oh. is uh, Lee Arenberg. Um, I'm a huge Pirates of the Caribbean franchise fan. Um, oh. And we can get into a day why Pirates 4 is one of the best movies. But he is Pintel of Pintel and Brigetti. He's like the, the short pirate that, that talks oh parlay. Oh my gosh, with, that's yeah. why I look familiar. <laughs> yep. Thank you for that, you know. I will. I did want to mention something in the process of our doing these weekly watch parties. Yes. You know, while watching these, I sometimes I go along, it's like, oh, I wonder what happened to this actor or that actor. And, uh, and unfortunately there's been some tragic ones come up in the past. Oh, I bet. I'm glad to hear he's, I like to see, oh, is he still working? Is he not working where, oh my God, I would have seen him in something else here, this, that, and the other. And since we haven't gotten to this episode, I didn't realize. He yeah, in pirates movie. Th that's that's awesome. him. he's he's you know, hello, puppet. He's that guy. Um, oh my god! And then he uh, he also did a bunch of episodes of that um, the Disney ABC on Sunday night, uh, Once Upon a Time show. He was Grumpy, the the oh, dwarf okay. in that. Um, but I I just I love the pirates movies. I love that he showed up here. It's just fun. He doesn't have too much to do in this episode. He's just kind of a a lackey mm -hmm. for for Tempest, but. Uh, but still, he's great. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, you know, Temp not Tempest, excuse me, H.G. Wells and Lois are being spied on as they make their way to the Daily Planet. And in front of the Daily Planet, mm -hmm. there's, there's a drive-by shooting and Lois sees Clark run off. Um, I love her, like, oh, at least this world's not all bad, you know, as they go yeah. in. But we we purposely don't really see what happens when he runs off and loosens his tie. You know, like he runs into right. the alley and we kind of hear the the thing. But um, because I guess that would have given away the lack of Superman in this world, you know? Right, right. We have to hear about it. He's going to do his Superman. Thing. Yeah, it's, I think it's a nice fake out. Meanwhile, in the Daily Planet, though, Perry is running for mayor and complaining to Mr. Olsen about his campaign poster. And I loved Justin's performance in this episode. It makes me wish that A, Jimmy had more to do and that he got to play kind of different versions like this from time to time, you know? You know, I agree with you. I love the role reversal. I love, and it's, it's the Justin Whalen. Um, I think you guys brought it up in the, um, not the Ultra Roman one, the, uh, the, the one where they did the different sitcoms and things. Oh, and yeah, I Don't Tug on Superman's Cape, yes. Oh, I, I always loved him in that Dragnet. Uh, yeah, he's good, that's clip. right. He's so great at doing um, these type of uh, characters, uh, yeah, character change. Um, so, and it's, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of things uh, which Jimmy Olsen you love and you gotta give Justin Whalen a little love. He's so good at doing these things like this when he gets a chance. I I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, like you said too, the the role reversal here. I think Lane does a good job of keeping Perry consistent 
but also showing that he's got a lot less power right now, you know, despite the fact right. that he's running for mayor. Like um, later on, like during the debate with Tempest, I'm like, oh yeah, there's Perry. But him kind of like kowtowing to Jimmy here feels feels right for the character, feels, feels like Perry, you know? Right, and yeah, that, it does. It totally feels still like Perry White but with just this kind of small <laughs> character moment that yeah not, that's a little different and i would love to track the butterfly effect though that leads jimmy to being the the owner of the daily planet in tempest's you know, world <laughs> it, it makes me think of because if you follow along all his oh you know he was he was the one helping them trade stocks on the computer or something like right that. oh and right the, their universe so it's like I'd always imagine this is the Jimmy if maybe if he had a little more self-confidence to kind of follow through with all his skills, yep. he would turn out to the, be this character. That's an excellent yes. I'll take and without Perry yelling at him, maybe that's exactly. that's where he goes. Like not berated, not having his self-esteem kind right. of hammered. This is a world too where he didn't look like Michael Landis for a year. So that's probably helps too, you know. Probably. Interesting. <laughs> interesting um i I, i'm sure i talked about this last time but i love also in this scene perry's face when lois comes back like and and the line is great oh lois i'm happier than a preacher in a month of sundays (laughs) it's the daughter that he never had coming home and they both play it beautifully like she's a little distracted of course looking for clark but I, I just, I, man, my heart melts every time I see Lane play this. Yeah, I love, I've always loved the Perry and Lois relationship. It was, you know, father-daughterly. It was the advice. He was always the advice she needed when, about anything. She would run yes. to Perry when she was having some kind of emotional moment. So, <laughs> so it's, that, that track, it, it's, so I totally love that scene too. It's, yeah. They're fantastic in it. What doesn't track for me, though, is mm-hmm. like Lois Lane. She's been through a lot of shit, as she's talked about already in this episode. She knows she's dead. She knows she hasn't been a while, around for a while. And still she sees Clark and runs up to him and kisses him. And it's like, the fuck? Like, you know what's going Like, get with this, Lois. I, I don't know. You, you may forget where you are in the moment. <laughs> I guess. Like, oh, okay. There's, you know, my boyfriend. I've got a you know, instant reaction. <laughs> like, oh, where you're like, oh, shit, this is not. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> No, so, please. Welcome know. to fucking <laughs> Lois and Clark. Um. <laughs> you know, I could see, you know, she sees them. She's been, tra- you know, taken away into this other world and what's going on. And I, you just kind of lose it for a moment. It's like, you know, we're going out. We're in a pandemic. We're supposed to go out wearing masks. How many times have you hopped in the car and started up and realized, you know, oh, yeah, that's okay. right. We're not. <laughs> right. We're not. I- uh in normal times right now. I've gotten to the elevator a couple of times and gone like, oh, right, world's on fire. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> Double back. I get what you're saying. Exactly. So you just kind of, you have a moment. Sure. And and you, you just, you see this this guy that you love so much. Like I, I, I do, I do kind of get it, but there's part of me that's just like, girl, play it, like, play it cool. You know, like you gotta, yeah. okay. it's through okay. here. It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to run up and do that too. Thank, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> Lana is here for the the save, I guess, you know? Um, right. Oh, yeah. And we, I mean, and we talked about her. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was like, that, that she doesn't give him immediate shit for that. <laughs> well, she does. She kind of does. She, she kind of does. She, she rolls through fear, this Lana Lang. 
Yeah, she does. Um, it's interesting. It makes sense to me too that like even without Martha, that it's it's kind of the fear that she she holds over him that has kept him from being Superman, presumably. You know. Yes. Yes. She like to the point where this is where we find out that he intervened with the robbers before because she's she's yelling at him for it and he's just like I just gave him a little you know zip zap with the laser eyes you know but like well, it's even- a great scene because it shows um, the importance of Lois's influence on his life because Lois would not have done that to him would not have stifled him being who he truly is so- no she's uh yeah this line apparently is from like the Zack Snyder world of like if you if people know what you can do they're gonna put you in a lab so you know like this is t- terrible right. don't don't save anybody you know now wasn't that um something that kent's thought about too when he was younger i mean that yes. was the fear that he would be taken away and put into put into a lab yes and, that's totally yeah. their fear um yeah. though but then our our kents <laughs> yeah, these kents are the, yeah our nice kents people, right? yeah <laughs> know that as he got older he had to make that decision for himself and then supported him in it you know like yeah. that that's just something that's missing unfortunately from earth 2 clark here i do love though that like suddenly lois's like main goal is expose tempest and uh, gonna need a partner to do it like she she knows what she has to she knows how to play Perry, you know, like she knows how to like kind of play the game and get into a room with Clark as soon as she can so that she can spill yeah, the beans knows, on him. Right. She no, she needs her partner. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, love that. <laughs> as someone, you know, going the contrast from the beginning of the show when she didn't want to partner with him at all and disrespect it. It's like, you know, immediately I, I, this is my person that, you know, we get things done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also, I, I love that that's kind of reflected in Clark here, but like he's hearing all this like Superman, dumb name, you know, like all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. At first, it's crazy to him. Like he doesn't believe, but also he totally believes. And it's not, you know, like in another version of this type of story, it would be someone like reaching into someone else's memory and being like, oh yeah, no, this does feel right. Or like that type of thing, you know, like that's the mm-hmm. Star Trek version of it. Mm-hmm. But here it is truly just like at this character's core, that feels right to him because that's that's who he is you know that's what he wants to mm-hmm. do for the world it's i don't know oh well, yeah he gets to the court some some part of him knows that you know that, that that's who he that's part of who he is but he's just been you know fear and being you know fear mongered to death that right he can't really get get in touch with that part of himself right and and has lost lost the kent switch uh, Lori, if you didn't listen to my right. first episode on this recently, that is totally cool. But in that, I posited that the death of the Kents in this world was a, uh, yeah, but a uh, machination of Tempest's in order to make oh. sure that he didn't become Superman. So I ask okay. you, Lori, does that make sense to you? Like, does that does that fit for you? What, what is your take on that? Idea? That does. I, you know, I never thought of it, but it would make total sense that he wants to, he would try to demolish any advantage uh, uh, Clark would have. So right. Let me take away your parents. Let me take away the love of your life. And, you know, and then ultimately let me turn the entire world against you. <laughs> so it's just kind of, I can, I can see that. I totally yeah. can buy that. It's, it's interesting here too, because like, um, I, I wonder 
we'll never know. But I wonder what happened to the Lois of this world. Uh, because in season four, it's kind of hinted by H.G. Wells, like they're going to go find her. But maybe that's timey-wimey weirdness, you know, like there's... Okay. I have a little tidbit that I could add to this. Please. A little interesting tidbit about this. Um, at the end, you know, once the, sh the show was over, at Laugh 1997. And uh, for the uninitiated Laugh is... The, the low, what is it? The Los Angeles uh, <laughs> Folk Festival, where all the Lois and Clark fans would gather they would go to Warner Brothers tours. They would uh, watch episodes together, doing you know, all kinds of hijinks. <laughs> um, and and uh, occasionally they would be able to invite somebody from the show. And actually, I just found uh, some video I took of Laugh 97, believe it. Oh, cool. Not. And, you know, I have clips of a little bit of Beverly Garland. I have uh, Paul Hulse, who was a, the, like the sound engineer, uh, okay. was a guest and talked about, he was the one that was printing out the comments that people were making online and bringing them to the set to read to, to everybody, to what the reactions were Funny. Um, to the show. And there, Tim Minear, the uh, writer, who was mm -hmm. a major writer in season four, was a guest. And oh, you know what? I don't know if it was, now I'm kind of hazy. He also came on a chat at the end of the series, like the end of the series. And one of the things he promised was to write an episode, bringing the the alternate Lois back to the alternate Clark. And now <laughs> he said, I'll, I'm going to write that episode for you guys and stuff, you know, to resolve that issue. And what were we are 20 something, 20 something. <laughs> Years later, I'm still waiting for Tim Minear to write that episode. Has he not gotten into it yet? No, no I, I don't know of any existence. I will have to ask um, one of my folk friends who does attend all the um, uh, weekly uh, screenings. I know she's pretty, she's still pretty uh, friends, pretty friendly with Tim. Oh, so, amazing. Uh, to see if she she's ever heard him speak about that again. I mean, he's a big, big, busy uh, producer, writer. Yeah. Now. I think his show 911 is doing 911. right now. He, he kind of fell of, into Brian Murphy world and has done a lot yeah, of his shows yeah. with him. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, part of Firefly, which yep. is a show I love. And and so he's he's moved on to quite a, and I he was always one of my favorite writers on Lois and Clark too. But so Tim, still waiting for that episode. <laughs> have time and just want to jot something off. Yeah. Oh, should have asked him at the beginning of the pandemic. Such a talented writer. So his scripts are so funny later too. Like he does the other Tempest, or one of them at least, another Tempest episode in season four. We'll continue to try to get that man on this podcast because what, like, I can only imagine what his take on working on the show was like. But that's great. I had no idea that he'd ever even kind of acknowledged that as yeah, a as a hanging thread, I, you know? Yeah, I think it, it was he had joined one of our chats the, like uh, the, for the final episode when it was airing. I think he did. And, you know, Too cool. You no, know, we were all you know, because we were all heartbroken and broken up. And I think he kind of like, well, write it for you guys. <laughs> feel better. Me, but yeah, feel, feel better, better, nerds. Yeah, um. exactly. But, you know, I knew it was like, that would be great if he does. But I, I wasn't holding my breath either. I think that's yeah, 20 years later. I'm glad. Um, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Um, meanwhile, I'm also glad H.G. Wells has figured out his time machine tracker device. It's working. 
so he, he went to Radio Shack. Right. <laughs> got some stuff. Yeah. Um, Radio Shack. So him and Lois are going to go do that while Lana grabs Clark uh, because they're going to be late for dinner with her parents. Uh, so we're on the street with, with Lois and Herb and uh, tracking the time machine, and we bump right into Mr. Woodby Mayor himself, Tempest. Get some great Tempest and Herb together again stuff here. We're like, I forget what, what H.G. Wells says, but it's basically like, you know, you won't get away with this Tempest, whatever. And it's like, who writes your dialogue, Herb? You sound like the prisoner of Zenda. <laughs> like, I just, Zenda. <laughs> it's just so... His references are, are yeah, rather old-timey for a man from Utopia, but he's, I guess he's jumped around timelines at least a little bit at this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, lo I love those interactions because, you know, um, H.G. Wells says some kind of cheesy line that you would see in some kind of old type of movie. You know? Yeah. And then Tempest has come back as perfect for yeah that's a little cheesy but and the, and then does the like when when he's got hg wells tied up in the next scene a lot of like um uh you look you look a lot older i look a lot thinner but it's the same old us together again you know like just like yeah yeah he's having so much fun rubbing it in this man's face that like you couldn't stop like i have so much power again and you're screwed you know like this is this is what we do <laughs> this is our thing Exactly. I, again, as always, I love a villain who loves being a villain. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So much so that he's got Lois Lane on the ledge of a very fun little set. I like their little building ledge set here. I do too. I, 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 I agree with you. It was a, that was a cool little set. Yeah. Have, you know? it, it was terrifying to me as a kid. Let me tell you, at 10 years old, watching this rerun, I was just like, oh, Oh, he's done it now. There's no Superman here. You know, she's screwed. This is not good. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, she's going back and forth along the ledge, and parts of it are falling off. And and I think Terry does a fantastic job of being seeming scared as hell. <laughs> yeah, totally. While ledge. while she's three feet you off know? the ground or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, it looked pretty decent. You know, we you know I'm coming from at the time. It looked great. It, sure. Oh, totally. Okay. I get <laughs> no, it, it, and then was, the. But I was, Go ahead. No, it's like I was impressed. They built a whole side of the building. You mm -hmm. know, to, to to even do the stunt scene. And, you know, always think of those things. It's like, oh, the prop guys went out for this. Right. It, it's all. It's like a couple episodes ago. Um, Homeless by the Herd is when they built that whole uh nasal spray billboard sign i'm like look at us building stuff you know animated and everything with yeah the, exactly uh, steam uh, puffing out just just in time so it's so cute yeah, I, I like i appreciate when they they they, they have I can tell it took a certain amount of time and effort and design to to build something yes uh for just a scene um this scene with with Tempest throwing popcorn at the TV and, and like uh, H.G. Wells being like, it's barbaric and cruel. Yes, but it's fun. You know, like <laughs> it is fun. so exactly. like I, I still write and put scripts in contests and stuff like that. And I just mm -hmm. see so much of where my sensibility comes from when I watch this episode, because it's it's like fish out of water story. And it's also just this villain that is just like, 
I'm gonna burn an orphanage later. Like I don't care. You know, like just like I, yeah. I just feel mad about. I'm just, just. This is this, this is my 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 mission in life. Right. Like the evil, <laughs> yeah, is, evil almost I comes get so mundane. Much joy from this. Right. Exactly. It's it's this right. not mundaneness, but there's there's a like kind of the simple joys of being a dick from a character like this <laughs> that that I just I just cannot get enough of. But of course we. Uh, Lois eventually falls and starts calling for Clark. We get a shot of him again. I know I brought it up last time. I will forever love Clark and Lana leaving dinner with Lana's parents and Lana's mother loading a gun and putting it in her purse. You know, I never noticed that until I think you did. It was when you brought it up in your last discussion of this episode. I was like, oh my God, I never picked up on that in the all the years. It is as nonchalant as her like getting a tic tac or something or finding her keys, you know, but it's so damn funny. I love it's I love when you can find little details in a show like that. Yes. (laughs) Hats off to Wayne Rich on that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, But this is this is another one. Again, I'm pretty sure that this this CGI background of like Lois falling as the building is kind of zoom and all that weird perspective. I'm pretty sure it's Mm -hmm. the same one that we first saw in your episode, top copy. And we've, we've reused a few times, but it's still Uh, looks cool. I think it's, I mean, it's the same, the, the effect. She's probably sitting on a chair and, you know, and the camera's pulling away from her. You can kind of guess how they did it. And there's always the question is like, how fast do you fall? Come on. Right. <laughs> Take that log. How, how tall is this building? <laughs> right. She's been falling at terminal velocity for like five minutes, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but you know, that's, that's just go with it. We know. Right. It's, we're they, not they did as best they could at the time with what they had so. we are here to nitpick but at the same time it's just like if, uh, you know. if you can't get into this then don't don't come you know like don't don't show yeah, up it, that's why i my my philosophy is like it's season three is like just go with the silly stuff that you, you know it's right. easy to question because the reward of some other the other things the show brings is so nice yes i also like that uh i like tempest's plan here frankly, in general. Uh, I don't know how he hasn't like named the, what is it? Is it the alien or the threat? What does he call it? Like, oh, the enemy. The enemy, yes. I don't get how he hasn't, how he's like got this successful chain of gun stores. Yeah, and not talked about the enemy. But I like that he's like, he's waiting for her to create Superman. Like that's part of the plan. So he knows for his goons to videotape her when she falls off the ledge so they can get Clark flying and that type of thing. Like, I I, I like him I, also gloating I, to HULs of like, of course Superman's part of the plan. Like, that's, that's the whole thing. I want to take him down. It's not just about making sure he doesn't happen. Yeah. It's about ruining him, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe he, when you, when, you pos- when you propose a theory that he was responsible for the Kent's death, I want, well, would you have tried to kill him two back then you know it's like kill superman when he's right pull a season two again i i don't know i feel like i feel like he has a time machine so he could go back and try and maybe he's done it a number of times he got bored with it so honestly maybe there's a couple worlds where he is he has done it and but i feel like it's so like bringing our lois the lois that he fucked with last time into this world feels so purposeful and and egomaniacal and gloaty that i think Mm -hmm. like I like the world where he's just like, no, I'm going to make his life, you know, relatively hell. 
And then yeah. the minute I give him what he needs, I'm going to take it away from both of them too. Like that's just, this is that's uh, going to yeah. be so much fun. You know? It's yeah. It's maniacal. It's like, I, yes. I want to, I want to, I don't just want them. I want them to hurt. I don't just want them to die. I want them to hurt as much as I possibly can have them hurt. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Um, this is probably, I don't know. I've got two favorite scenes in this episode but this is one of them where um we're back at clark's place and she's going through her wallet and showing him pictures of her clark and her together and him with the kents and and superman ultimately too and we can get into the superman continuity issues with the suit but i i I just i love the two of them in the scene i love how it's written I love him, you know, doing the, like, he, does he spend a lot of time with them? Oh, good, good. He should, you know, like, that's great. That type of, like, he's, there's not, right. I'm sure there's, there's a pang of jealousy. Like he, he wishes he had that life, but he's just so happy that there's some version of him where, where it all worked out, you know? Right, right. This is, and this is one of those scenes, like this is the scenes you're, these are the scenes you're waiting for on mm-hmm. the show that just ring so, you know, you, you just enjoy them so much it, it, it's uh, you know it's bittersweet and sad and you you know and the way they handle it is it's just beautiful yeah and him being so unfulfilled not being able to help people says so much about the character too that like even even again we can do the nature versus nurture thing all day that we want to with this character but he was a guy that was raised by the kents for the first 10 years of his life and yes. And this kind of like shackle that that Lana's got on him is really, really tough for him. And I I just, I, I get all verklempt thinking about it. Like, it's just so the heart of the character that I love, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to point something out that, you know, you talk about the, the picture in her wallet. And maybe yes, oh, please. Suit. But there is a mention, like maybe even back in season one, there, there she, someone asked her, You carry a picture of Superman in your wallet? Oh my so God, I forgot about that. In this episode, it's like, Yeah, there's that picture of Superman in <laughs> from season one. Great point. <laughs> yeah. uh, between the differences of the S and the way the cape is, and like I'll always be a stickler right. for, for that type. Of, I'm sorry that I'm right. that type of a pain in the ass, but uh, it'll always bother me. I do like, <laughs> I, I did kind of think about this the first time. Like, this is a Lois who has been at home with the Kents and has seen Martha fix his suit. Like, it was always right. kind of odd to me that she. We've never really seen Lois so before, but suddenly she's going to make a Superman suit. But there is a bit of continuity. Like she's heard that Martha gets the fabric on sale and she might know where the fabric is. You know, like she, she oh, kind she's of heard those things. She's, yeah. seen him, uh, 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 she's seen Martha adjust his cape, you know. And, exactly. Yeah. Like she's got the elements to do this at this point. And I kind of appreciated that. Like I, I, it's total fanboy wallpaper, but mm-hmm. still it's fun. Well, We've never heard that Lois didn't have sewing skills. We just heard that she didn't have cooking skills. Fair, so, fair point. But she, you know, but it's a, uh, 
I, I'm glad, I mean, just prior to us doing this recording, you just released um, your mini episode <laughs> with, is it Brian Wynn? Brian Wynn, yes. The, and, I literally have him in my notes right here. Yes, bring it yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm glad I listened to that because he talks about boiling his suit. Mm-hmm. So when Lois has this, and I call it a gumbo pot, because that's my frame of reference. Fair enough. Family is from Louisiana. Yep. <laughs> And she's boiling with the, the shoes. It's like, you know, it kind of, uh, I was like, what would she, why would she need to boil the shoes? And then hearing him talk about his costume uh, adventures, I was like, okay. It's a hundred percent to dye the, sh- the leather. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah, no, anybody who hasn't listened to that, that, that was a wonderful conversation. Um, it is, it really is. And, and shows just how hard Lois is working to make this suit, really. Like, really, <laughs> really? really kind of lays it out. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Those suits are not easy to make. Dude. Yeah, I I do. I think it's. I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't like it. It's just interesting to me that when she's making the suit, the show and the camera like direction of it is so coy about not showing us the suit without the patch on it. Like okay. we've we've yeah. seen it in the pilot. You know, obviously it's not this exact suit. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And it might be a production thing where, frankly, like. Why would they have a suit laying around without a patch on it? You know, like if you've got a full suit ready, like you would well, finish it. He Clark does mention that she, you know she Lois went out and bought a bunch of ski suits. I love that. So, yes. So you know, there's not going to be the Superman patch. He's so she, oh no, I, yeah, and you know, modifying it to a Superman suit. So she's not like sewing it from scratch or something. Oh no, yeah. Like, in in universe, it yeah. makes total sense to me. It's just mm-hmm. the um the the kind of the cameraman yeah the way that the show not. treats it it's almost like um uh, it's almost like he's not decent if we show him without the patch on you know oh, like I it's see. that type of thing. I, I think it's well, i think it's cute okay yeah because the first episode you do have kind of that full body shot and this one he's looking in a mirror or something and it, you only see it partial that right. the, the patch is not there on his chest so a, a lot of like oh i don't know you know there, there's mm-hmm. there's a cute factor to Clark Kent too, where it's just like he's kind of embarrassed in the suit until even even ours was at first too, you know, when he was trying yeah. on all the different costumes and stuff. And, but and and if you think about it, it maybe fits in more with this version of Clark, who's you know really not sure about being Superman. Yeah, yeah, the 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 lack of like self confidence. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, that is fixed though here in this next scene where we we get the she gets finds the patch. And he's all Supermaned up, and they go out and uh, tested it out. Yeah, it's the Superman montage where we get REMs. I am Superman. Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> My next Gen X touchstone is like that's an REM song. <laughs> At the time, you know, they're like one of the hugest bands in the world, and nice. pretty uh, definitive of that era of music. So. And, and they were cool you know it's rem's a great band so it's like oh the show way to go show right and right i don't know if you know that particular song though they're doing they're doing a cover version they remade it i only found that out recently yeah it was originally done by a band called the click um and i think they're around probably the late 60s maybe early 70s and okay. i have that original version somewhere so but I, the REM version, um, 
is a, a little little faster, a little grooves a little better. So okay, I can kind of picture the '70s '60s version of this now that you say it like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm uh, I'm going to plug this again because I love it. I'm listening to um, an audiobook called uh, Superman: The Unauthorized Biography by Glenn Weldon, uh, mm -hmm. who's an incredible writer, and he brought up that fact. It's also listening to that book that makes me realize that like a lot of the plots from season three or like kind of the concepts of it are mm -hmm. from silver age superman stories like it just makes me love the show even more oh wow um, you know i thought i just came across somebody mentioning something like that that oh, i forgot oh no it was i sent i sent you a link prior to us you know coming together during this week about because you're going to get into the where the show I'm, gets I'm coming up really to a wedding. crazy yeah. coming up. And I provided something about background information. And there is something, there were some comic book yes. references to what does, um, that some things that did happen in the comic books that they use for yeah. what a lot of people pretty much hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that as a tease for the wedding episodes and that whole arc. But uh, uh -huh. I'm very appreciative that you sent that. Uh, you will get the name drop in our next episodes because uh, I thought that was that was very interesting information to have. Um, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, again, so, REM's so playing. It's, it's, I'm glad you bring this up that there's, there were even more um, storylines that they did pull. Because I never felt that, I didn't realize the show. I mean, it was always kind of accused of not respecting the comics, you know? Right, which and, is ridiculous because the comics were ridiculous, you know? Yeah, and to go back, and I'm not somebody who knows the comics that well. I didn't never really read them. So to watch it now and to find out all these things, it's like, wow, they really did pull a lot from the comics. There's a lot of references to like artists and writers and mm -hmm. everything that are dropped in this show. Then I like that. I think that's great. That's okay. Even on this street, I think um, when Tempest calls Lois, uh, like he's using a fake voice, but he says like, uh, y'all have to go to the building on Carlin Street. And like, you know, um, my Carlin was was a writer. Like they, they do it right here. But yeah, um, it's so funny because that 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 fan reaction that you said of like, you gotta take them more seriously, that type of thing. Like I I get that and I've said it on this show sometimes, but for me, I prefer this mixture of this type of stuff where it's mm -hmm for the most part, and I don't like it when the show doesn't take the character stuff seriously, when it doesn't take the relationship stuff and the character stuff very seriously. But I love a world where like, they're gonna come up against a magician who's really a voodoo doctor or whatever, and it's gonna be, that's the threat, but it's gonna teach them about something about themselves. You know, like I, I just well, like that mixture of a crazy world where the characters are taken very seriously. I mean, yeah, that's that's what I love about the show it's the these these uh crazy storylines are reflective of what's going on in the characters lives they use right. that to so to point in where it's like well this is the more important stuff and these things are going to be a way to um reflect upon that and i think about it because you guys were talking about in previous episodes the perry and alice relationship mm. kind of tanking the lack and thereof I, yeah Right, you know, all of a sudden in the beginning of season three, Perry's having mar mar marital problems. And what they, why they did that was so they can show, you know, marriage is not all, Lois and Clark are heading in this direction, but, you know, marriages have problems. They yeah, fair problems. enough. And I think they 
they wanted to display like how fragile that can be as well. It's like, it's not always happily ever after once your couple gets together, there are struggles still to go through. And I think that's why they wanted to, they put Perry in that position. I think that's what their, the writer's intentions were. I, I like your version of that. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, uh, that's a nice way to look at it, um, for sure. Um, but uh, th- I mean, this is the- Wallpaper, sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I appreciate you acknowledging that. Um, uh, this, is, this is the making a Superman flying montage. You know, he's, he stops uh, an armed guy, saves a police officer, uses the name Superman. The guy likes it. He's got a little confidence. And um, right, I love when, the the officer is like Superman, and then he goes, "Thanks, Superman." <laughs> you know, I, yeah, know. I like it. It's and, cool. Whatever. You have a black guy making it cool, and I say that <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally know? true. I'm that. That's my people. So <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a black guy making you cool. I'm sorry. No, that that's a <laughs> like great it totally point. Works, that he needs that. It's it's the, they did the same damn thing in Superman the movie. <laughs> oh. That's right. They sure did. Say, Jim, that's a bad outfit. You know, like it's yeah, just... exactly. <laughs> I didn't think of that callback. That's amazing. Also, wow, yeah. And he has on uh, something I wanted that they were auctioning off at the Laugh ninety seven was one of the Metropolis Police jackets. Oh God, I would have loved uh, one I, of those I badges. Wanted when it's, I wanted when it's so bad, and I didn't. And Probably because I have so many police officers in my family, including my brother. Who's oh, that's cool. See? So, so it was like, oh, so I never won one. So if you ever come across one, let me know. <laughs> I, I, I will. Uh, anyone listening? We, we are always soliciting props here on Lois and Clark. Uh, but if I ever find one of those, it's, it's yours for sure. Um, I love their chemistry here. I love them flying or, you know, her flying with him like all night seemingly because they're flying in the morning. It's a little weird. She's right. a little too high on him. It's just a production thing, but mm-hmm. like she, she looks like she's a little too high, but whatever. Um, I like their almost kiss here too. It's not the first time oh, that this yeah. particular or the last time that this particular um, Lois and Clark will kiss maybe almost, but uh, right. Right. I, I, I buy it here. They're both just kind of swept up in it for a second but it's her that kind of grounds them and, and backs away you know yeah luckily lois is like oh you, you know <laughs> we can't do this and as the audience is like right you guys can't i wasn't right I was right yeah exactly <laughs> you're you're kind of with it for a second you want it to work out right. but then you're like oh wait no there's a whole there's a whole show no yeah uh, yeah this is yeah um that's not I, your clark <laughs> yeah and i love i said this last time but i love lana instantly like shooting the uh the glasses thing to death i think it's so funny oh i know i know this is like i i love this scene with lana because she has this line um i don't know if you have anything to say before go go for it yeah no no no, go for it (laughs) it is something like the world needs me and she's like need you to what (laughs) (laughs) bring capes back in fashion i just love her delivery of these lines i did not find them hilarious <laughs> you know yep it, it makes sense it, to me that it, she's had such a good career after this because i'm like they're not writing her many favors but she's funny yeah and it, it and it points to kind of it references yeah the more silly elements of the show um 
which, you know, when you're, you know, you were a kid watching this initially and I, mm -hmm. I was an adult, but I was in my mid twenties when I watched the show. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I feel a little better about myself. Yeah. It's a little silly guy riding, um, flying around in a suit, but it's Superman. And then it's Superman is lying saying, but it's Superman. <laughs> and it's like, yes, <laughs> listen to Lois. Lois, what well, she's, she's talking about. You know? Lois knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have no. to let this man do what he was born to do. And right. I, I love that line from her and her, her uh, delivery of it is, is great. You hear everything in that. Yeah, you're right. Like she, and it's also, it's such a desperate kind of plea from Lois too, of just like, no, 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 no. Like I need him. The world needs him. Like you don't understand how important it is that he wears this dumb suit and flies around and calls himself Superman, you know? Right. Um, Meanwhile, Tempest calls and puts in a threat on Perry's life at this debate that we're going to go to. Uh, dumb mm. production thing. You can have mm -hmm. the Metropolis police jacket. I want one of these printed paintings of Lane Davies that's behind him as Tempest here. The, it's the so wall funny. size. Yes. <laughs> it is so funny. And I think, it's, I think it's partially at least a painting. Like the way it looks, mm. looks mm -hmm. rather painedly um it's just, i just love the production values here but um you know this is tempest's plan into action perry plays right into it kind of goading him of like let's get down to brass tacks tempest. like you told us to worry about this enemy and, and who is he and right. tempest is I'm like i'm glad you brought that up <laughs> yeah it's funny you should say perry i've never had the proof before but the enemy is none other than clark kent and the daily planet has aided and abetted him for years and all that you know like it's I don't know. I love it. I think it's fun. It's right. uh, again, it's so echoes of the past four years that we've lived through, but it's just like mm -hmm. using, using his TV platform here right. to spread a lot of disinformation. And if you do it quick enough in the right tone, a bunch of people might, you know, you might get away with it. Right. And who would have thought? <laughs> I know. It, it seemed like, okay, come on, are people going to buy this? You know, this, this, is, this broad kind of caricature a, of a man. <laughs> exactly. You know, and here we are um, so many years later in 2020. And what did we witness? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that stuff works on people. Amazing. In season five, he was going to orchestrate a, a takedown of the Capitol, which is really weird, but it's, you mm -hmm. know, I've read that in the notes. Um, <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, I, I love it. Like I said, his whole plan coming together. And like you're saying, like, talk about plan coming together. He's, he knows Superman's going to fly in. He knows, um, like, kind of right when he exposes him, which is great. He, uh, right. Superman or H.G. Wells starts talking about a bomb and he instantly puts it on Superman's head of like, he's, and he's got a bomb, you know? And then um, right, right. I love that he's ready to go with kryptonite too. Like this asshole has thought this all through. He's, he's going to take he's down the enemy this, on TV. Yes, that he, he had the forethought to plan this out thoroughly. He to do it the way he wanted, you know, and to expose, he, he needs to expose Superman and completely demolish him in the eyes of everybody in the world. Right. You know, that sees this. Um, but again, true to life, this broad bloated character of a man cracks under pressure uh, and abandons everything he's talking about instantly when he realizes there's, there's actually a threat to him. His life is in danger. Right? Yes. <laughs> Pulls a gun to hurt. start getting through the crowd. Yeah. It's so damn funny. Who knows what happens to major Domo, you know, like uh, yeah. Pintel oh is God. just out of there. Um, 
but I also like there's just no getting around it. I love the callback to the pilot here where he eats exactly. the bomb. It's so damn funny. I know. Yes. That's I, I love that too. It's the you know, the the origin there's certain um details of the origin of this Superman that yes. change still. <laughs> History rhymes, you know, <laughs> that his, type of deal. Always his first uh huge uh action saving uh, vast majority of people is to eat a bomb. It's to eat a bomb somehow. Um, and I love like Jimmy here is really the one that kind of instigates the embracing of him after yes. all this, you know, they're all just like, wow, Kent, you've got, you can do weird stuff, but you got a lot going on, but this is, this is great. You know, I can see Superman. I can see that name on the front page of the daily planet. And it's just like, if only you knew motherfucker, you know, like, <laughs> and um, Barry, we've got to get to one, get you one of these suits. You know? Oh, so cute. <laughs> It reminds me of season one when we had Perry in one of those suits for a second, you know? Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we get, this is my other favorite scene in this episode. It's um, Perry's, uh, Perry won, by the way, 97% of the vote. 97%. So amazing. Yes. Which in another world, I would have been like, who are the 3% that voted for Tempest? But now <laughs> we know the 3% that voted for Tempest. Yeah. Um, and that's more than three percent. So. Yeah, well, sadly. <laughs> Which is sadly. <laughs> As he's accepting the the seat as mayor, basically, we get this goodbye scene between Clark two and Lois here. Our, yes, our Lois. And oh. oh my God, do I love it! I I love him feeling that he needs her. I love her not, you know, like basically like I need you. Well, so does he, but I. And she stops him from saying, I love you. It's just so does he. And it's such a nice performance from her. And I'm reminded yes. how good an actor she is. And mm -hmm. I'm reminded how much chemistry these two actors have. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that chemistry really goes a long way in selling these particularly. I mean, it, it helps Dean along too, because he's not the strongest actor. But No, oh, you're absolutely right. Kind of... You know, I don't know. Sometimes I buy there's some genuine emotion coming from him in these scenes. Do you? I do. I uh, do. Okay. And I, I well, how, well, how do you feel about it? I don't know how to approach this now. Um, so I, I, whew, I think to, I think to how her take on the show always seemed, um, and maybe just some of the, not flattering stories I've heard of her and of oh. him behind the scenes. And I think mm -hmm. part of me has a hard time believing that these two could stand each other in a social setting, um, mm -hmm. which is where probably a lot of my comments of like talking about those, that entertainment tonight video of like her getting on him. Like I think she and the producers understood that a big part of the series was, was their attraction but um, I don't know, I've, I've never, anyone listening to this probably knows, but like I've never really subscribed to that idea that they, they had a thing or like any sort of affection like that. What, where, where do you fall on that? Well, I, I fall on the side of, I think they did. And I think we are representative of many fans. There are those that's like, no. And I will, uh, I will admit, watching this series when it end, I would like, I wonder if they're 
Oh, I, I don't. Yeah. I've seen clips. She seems happily married. You know, he's off, you know, enjoying his single life. Right. And then you've heard the, the tabloid stories that they don't get along at all. And and some of the less more negative things. Right. But after the series was over and we I maybe as a consequence of trying to find something more stuff to talk about where you know because this, this series was ended so abruptly yeah that i got delved deeply into the more gossipy side of things <laughs> now this is cool because this is what i don't i wasn't there for at all you know like i don't know this side of the fandom at all right and i don't like to bring it up with people who are because there are a lot of people who's like i don't want to hear about that stuff you have such a pure affection for the show that it's like, I don't want to trounce it with anything negative or, but my, my take on it is when I'm a fan of something or someone in particular, I want to know even the negative side of things. So my admiration, I can focus my admiration on where it needs to be. Uh, I gotta, okay. What negative thing could you have against Dean Kane? I don't understand. (laughs) No, I, I, uh, I'm Actually, the same way. At the time, back then, he was probably the likable one. It was Terry's I, reputation. That totally. was really trash. <laughs> trash. And I'm, How I'm, the turntables have I've turned. Heard, I know. From what I've heard, it was, you know, it, it was fair. But I also heard a lot of, I could understand where she was possibly coming from at the time. You know, mm-hmm. I've always looked at it. I don't get into this. I've kind of always looked at her. It's like, I kind of have a, I don't know. I, I hear she's not the nicest person, but I get a sense from her. And this, that I can't, I just can't like disengage that. I, there's something about her that I, I find appealing or something. Or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's as bad as, as that, or she means to be as bad as that. And this is where the kind of you posting these like, the finding these odd interviews that they do <laughs> and it's usually terry doing the odd stuff if you notice mm. she's you always know, leaning she's into it yeah yeah i you know there was their chemistry was just a little too much for me not to buy that there wasn't <laughs> at least some attraction going on mm-hmm. and it's hollywood stuff happens this this stuff does happen it doesn't always get out i even think of like even recently with the show supergirl well she was married to somebody she ended up marrying her you know divorcing that guy right and marrying her co-star yeah um the show the americans um uh i can't think of the the actress's name right oh um felicity (laughs) yeah felicity yeah it was i well i think tail end of her marriage when that show started but she ended up getting involved with her co-star and you know those are just the ones that ended up um <laughs> had happy endings for working out yeah totally <laughs> you know? yeah that worked out um there's flings there's stuff there's all kinds of stuff and that's where so I, I can see, i'm i'm happy to like i like to leave the space for those people who kind of wonder about that and I, I, I don't want to be called a crazy shipper anymore <laughs> than you don't want to be, you know, criticized. You know, no, that's, well, that's I, I hope that's, that's like, no, I totally, I want to respect everybody's opinion. Yeah. Like, I hope that nobody not, knows the truth unless you were there. Totally. We, like, you know. Until Terry and Dean come on the show. Um, no, um, 
I, I hope that's they'll not, never after this one. <laughs> right. I hope that's not the uh, the crazy shipper. Like, I hope that's not an impression that I gave. But um, no, 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 no. Um, no, I've seen some other responses. It's like, oh, okay, this uh, whole these these kind of battles are still going on. You have the people who are like, I don't know, this they seem a little too close to me, and the other ones are like, no, no, that's you. That's just why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and um, I think we. I think there can be a space for people who want to discuss one aspect and need people who don't want anything to do with it yes. to be able to share their opinions and be respected for If we cannot okay, well, reach across right. the aisle on a subject like this, then what can we, you right. know? <laughs> right. I mean, and look at them now. I mean, whatever happened, I always thought, you know, well, I, I at least whatever happened if anything happened at all that they can still be friendly on friendly terms and get together once in a while and we see them right. live stream to see while ago. together yeah so it was great when a few years ago they start doing uh you know conventions together it's like right. wow this is this is great this is kind of that's all i would have asked for out of anything they seem to be on really good terms you know and they also seem to be really, really different people. So it's that, <laughs> if, yeah. Yeah. If anything did happen, then I totally see. I don't see it would have ended up any kind of long-term thing anyway. Right. Interesting. Well, thank you. There's always room for other fan theories here yes. on Lois and Clark. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, now the thing that I want to talk about before the episode's over is going to be really, really dumb, Lori. But I'd like to get into um, friend of the show, Rob O'Connor's theory okay. about Elvis in this particular oh. world. Oh, wow. Go with me here for a minute. Okay. Elvis Presley in real life loved comic books as a kid, specifically loved Superman, specifically loved Captain Marvel, or um, now, it, now he's Shazam. Shazam. Oh, no, Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. Okay. Um, that, that Captain Marvel. Um, yeah. So much so that when he became, you know, Elvis, um, he started wearing jumpsuits with little tiny short capes on them because that's what Captain Marvel wore. Wow. I did not know this. This is, wow. this is true. So now we have to get into, and I, I'm not sure which version of this Rob actually uh, subscribes to, but like, is there time travel involved is there um is elvis a you know multi-dimensional being of some kind that has already gone ahead in time and seen superman or somebody else with a cape and that's why he does it like it, it's it's brought to a head in this episode just because we see an elvis in one of those short capes but it's just like it's an interesting quote-unquote oh. problem to have elvis in a dc world a line was it in this episode or like a past episode where Perry says the the cape? Why Elvis wears the cape? Like Superman got his like idea for a cape from Elvis. Oh, that's <laughs> that's so funny because I think you're right actually. But it's so funny because it's like truly the other way around. That's nuts. Wow, I did not know that about Elvis. That's interesting. Isn't that cool? No, it was that was back then before like loving comic books were as an adult were cool. It was cool. Right. And, and maybe uh, I don't who knows. I really have no idea whether he um I really have no idea whether he's kept with that love, but it was mm -hmm. certainly a fundamental thing in him as a kid that when he became a superstar and became quote unquote powerful, he wanted to look like Captain Marvel. Oh wow. Well, I think of it in terms, I'm a huge Prince fan, 
and mm. he loved Batman. Yes, he, he did. God Batman damn, fan. yes, he did. First thing he learned how to play was the Batman theme. <laughs> so when he was learning music, and so later on he goes, he gets to do you know a soundtrack album, a song album for that the that Tim Burton first Batman. That, that is just like so. forty minutes of Prince loving Batman. Like that's just all, and it's yes, so exactly. fun. Nobody in the world can tell me that Bat Dance is a bad song. Like I under, you know, I just, I love it so much. Vicky Vale, she is great, isn't she? Oh yeah. Um, oh, I haven't listened to that in a long time. Oh, you should listen thanks to some Bat Dance. Thanks for the this. memory. Um, I know. So funny. We'll talk about it in a second. I was going to bring up Prince's Batman love, um, but let's wrap up this episode first of all. Lois okay. says goodbye. I like H.G. Wells's little pep talk to Superman of just like, I envy you. You've got, you've got the world's ear. Like you could do anything with it. And he, he like that type of speech could go badly towards some people, mm. but he knows who he's talking to here. You know, like he's, he's kind of, right. he's planting the seeds for Clark to, to do what Clark's supposed to do, you know? And that's, that's fun for me. Right. Right. Um, I, and me, my bittersweet ending, you know, yes, it's, for them, it's, you know, Lois feels it. They both, it, it, that she has to leave this, Clark and he doesn't have somebody like her and they don't doesn't have the relationship that she's going back to right you know oh. <laughs> great it gets me <laughs> to- uh, me too totally yeah. um it you know what also gets me to here is that she she's returned right and um the time machine uh like time you know she wells in the time machine loop away or whatever just as superman lands and he establishes like you were gone for almost 10 seconds. And she's like, oh, 10 seconds or whatever. But like this boy has fallen apart in the past 10, 10 seconds, seconds because but he couldn't it's find like, her. And he goes, it's the weirdest 10 seconds of my life where I didn't know what to do or where I was. That's, that's the line. His delivery on it is, I didn't know where you were or what to do. And it's just <laughs> so cute. And I always, I always like to think of it like, um, in more kind of woo-woo terms of like, if we're tapped in, in any kind of energetic way to our alternate universe selves. Oh, let's woo-woo, yes. We, we, we have like these strange, like deja vu moments or, or whatever, just strange feelings that's not ourselves that, that I was thinking of that as like, he was feeling the alternate Clark's emotion at that moment. You I know, like that. Got a sense of that and that's why he was so discombobulated that is a <laughs> relatively tame woo-woo take for this show yeah, so I'll yeah. I'll yeah I'll go with that yeah um, it's like I always think it, there was that sense that you know I because he could feel the loss um alternative Clark was feeling yeah. in a sense he got a, he got a taste of that um, because if we're connected in any sort of way yeah it's even like uh, on kind of a more personal level, like mm-hmm. I kind of, I think a lot of people do this, but like I kind of get that thing of like when you realize that someone who texts you a lot hasn't texted you back in an hour, and like my immediately mm-hmm. thought is like maybe they're dead at home. Oh God, you know, like it's, it's kind of like that type of kind of human reaction to like I can't find Lois. Oh my God, it's been almost five seconds and I can't find, you know, like just what, right. Why what could have happened? Right. They haven't really back. No, there's something going on. Let me just leave. And, and he has precedent for assuming that something out. terrible happened, you know, like right. technically it did. But um, Lois disappears out of thin air. There's, there could be a number of problems going right, exactly. on. Right, exactly. Who knows before. if it's really Lois? Um, <laughs> oh my God. 
but it is her. Speaking and of which, leading into the next few episodes, right? Yes, exactly. Um, we, I mean, I, I don't really know how to justify Tempest being taken away in our world by the police here. I don't know how we justify Clark recognizing him unless it's just like seeing him brings it back a little bit for him. The Tempest stuff in the end here makes no sense to me. But oh, okay, that he's being put away and yeah, yeah that like what there? what did he do that he's getting arrested? How did he get back? Whatever. Yeah. You know, um, was there another Tempest? Was right. There... Is this H. G. Wells fucking around? You know, like I... I I do love it because you know Tempest is still going to be a threat. It's the yeah indication is like he we're not he's not done with you know bugging superman in yeah it does a nice job of establishing that like well he's in jail but he's in this world now right <laughs> um he's alive and well right. um and then lois tells clark that lana can come to the wedding because she's not threatened by her anymore and that's the end Ta-da. Ta-da. i like that Ta-da-da-da. moment too like lois figures out yeah you know this person has chosen to be with you and you've chosen to be with them you know you gotta have a little trust going on a hundred yes that is something that they struggle with sometimes yeah it's just old news you know right moved on meanwhile dan scardino's coming to the wedding and it's just like that's fine (laughs) 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 all right we've we've got stuff to talk about but but real quickly let's do a short version of our questions um, okay. w- was this a good episode for Lois? Yes. Right? Like unequivocally. Um, yes. Was it a good episode for Clark and Superman? Well, it depends on what Clark and Superman you're talking about. Because fair, fair, yes. Present universe Clark is not present. Technically the worst episode for them, yeah. Right, but it's a great episode for Clark and Superman of this other universe. Okay, so I'm going to take this as both a no. Um, that's totally fine. And um, <laughs> what is your favorite Lois and Clark moment in this episode? Oh, goodness. You know that the one that comes to my mind is when she, he, she makes the suit for him mm-hmm. and he's trying it on and she's standing there. He turns around and looks at him walking out in the, the suit. I, some reason, I love that moment. I think uh, hmm. Lois Terry looks um, really lovely in that, <laughs> that moment. And it's cool. He's coming out. And then he says, I look stupid and walks back in. And she's like, no, no, you look great and stuff. And it, I, I don't know. I, I just have a soft spot for that particular moment. I, I totally get you. Um, yeah. I, um, I just to choose something else. I like, um, I like that goodbye scene. I like her not almost not being able to hear him say, I love you and, and not wanting to hear him say, I love you and, and yeah, oh, stopping him with just that, like he does too, or so to say, or yeah. whatever the line is. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I'd, I'd like to check in with our ratings for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ratings, like the actual Nielsen ratings for this episode. Oh. Um, we haven't done it in a while. Well, series high is ultra woman at 22.3 uh, million people. Um, and then chip off the old Clark did okay. And then we started kind of diving back down and going up and down in the 18s, 17s, 19s uh, for the last couple episodes. And then Tempest Anyone got uh, a kind of disappointing 17.3. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> 
leave it to me to pick the episode that people no i mean yeah we all and it's interesting because i look back at um the first tempest and it was in the 20s and i'm like well that interesting that makes sense but i guess people weren't tuning in but they did tune in the next week uh or at least 20 21.2 million of them did for part one of the wedding right yeah we're building into that so yeah i I, probably a lot of people are like oh this is kind of filler i just want to see the the uh, big moment (laughs) right 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 right. which i you know in the history of the show i mean watching these episodes they kind of clip along nice i would have liked to i'm with you i wanted would have rather them extend this so they can have more of a relationship and not jump into engagement and marriage so fast Mm. um even though i think a majority of the fans felt like well they did the wedding fake out and wanted that to happen and that's what a lot of people feel killed the show totally so so, yeah all right before we get into fan talk here out of on a scale of one to ten what are you going to give tempest anyone oh considering this i i one of my favorite episodes i probably get it like a 9.5 perfect yeah Yep, I understand. Um, it's going to go a little lower at a nine. I'm just going to do an even nine, but that's pretty damn high for an episode of Lois and yeah, Clark. Yeah, Lois and Clark. <laughs> where our, our Clark isn't even in it, you know? Um, well, thank you, Lori, so much for talking Tempest Anyone with me. Yeah, but we glad to be back. It's nice to be joining you again and talk about these, this show. Yeah, this has been great, but we need to talk about some more stuff that you've been up to or that you've been up to in the past. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, uh, I taught myself a little bit of piano in college, just chords, like nothing, nothing great. Um, but in college so that I could start writing songs and, uh, I did, I gave read a few decent ish songs that pop into my head every now and again, but, uh, nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, and I say that because I hope it's a compliment that one of your songs that you sent me, <laughs> uh, has been stuck in my head all day long. <laughs> That's um, the plan. Yeah. That's, that's the goal, really. So you know, any... let's not bury the lead. You've written some songs about Lois and Clark. I have written, written songs inspired by Lois and Clark. Um, How the hell I... did that start? <laughs> okay. How far back am I going? Well, I've <laughs> been a musician since I was 11 years old. And okay. My, my goal, when I was 11, 12 years old, when I listened to records, I didn't want to be a singer or the lead guitar rock star. I wanted to be a record producer, <laughs> which is an odd goal for a female who's like 12 years old, especially since you, I, you, I could name less than five, I, you know, like five female record producers now. But so my evolution is, you know, was to get, I would get, try to write songs, do recordings of them, try to learn productions. You know, I was too scared to join bands for the longest time. So it was just me, you know, and as I stated, I'm a big fan of Prince. A lot of musicians I was a fan of were people who are like self-contained units. They could play all the instruments themselves and do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. So I was like continually working, working, working on songs for, you know, that's, that was my thing when I was younger. Yeah. Um, when Lois and Clark was on, at the same time, one of my favorite songwriters is a guy by the name of Andy Partridge. And he's <laughs> uh, kind of the lead singer's head, song, head songwriter of a band, British band, cult band called named XTC. 
And he's written a few songs based on comic books. Um, I think one song, Sergeant Rock, uh, you know. Oh, wow. And uh, probably the most- uh, Obscure comic books. Most, yeah, obscure. One of the more popular comic book. He has a song called That's Really Super Supergirl. And I love this song. It's one of my favorites and stuff. And so, you know, I was in my XTC Andy Partridge uh, influence mm-hmm. inspiration phase. And it's like, you know what? I love this show. I want to challenge myself to see if I can write a song, a comic book song. Yeah. And so I, that's when these two songs came about. I wrote one. God, I can't remember which one I wrote first. I was just going to uh, ask. I wrote a song called Mayor of Metropolis. And I took it from the perspective of this is somebody pitching to Lex Luthor. It's like, look, if you make me mayor, I'll do all kinds of stuff for you <laughs> to, <laughs> to, you know, we could take, you know, we could take over this town. Right. You know, anything you need from a politician, I will do. You just get me into office. And then so, I'm going to butcher the lyric, but it's like, and then we'll deal with the cape or something like that. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then on to the cape. Then on to the cape. You know. We take care of the Daily Planet and the pesky reporters. We're gonna onto the Cape to take onto care the of cape. that guy. So good. Then the next song, and this one's particularly inspired by this show, is Clark Kent's perspective, and him all this time. You know, Lois is in love with Superman, but doesn't see who he is. And he's—I always think of him sitting at his desk. It's like you know, like, you know, if she knew who I really was, would she still love me and all this and stuff? And then, oh no, I have to go off to a call and rescue right. somebody and. And talking and him sing, singing about how important it is for Lois, how Lois can feel, not just love. It's like she makes me feel strong. I need, she needs me to, for this, I need her for that. I need to feel like, she makes me feel like I belong here. Back right. at the planet. That, and so, that's, that's the song, Back at the Planet. Back at the Truly, uh, I I liked I liked both of these, um, and like I think the we've, we've heard is the one I've heard gets stuck in people. It's it's a it's kind of <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool hook. It's really fun. Um, mm-hmm. I was just so impressed, but because like there's a really there are very easy ways to do this badly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like I we've probably both heard fan songs about stuff like that that it just like goes horribly wrong because it's just either not enough talent or like a weird take on things or whatever, but like this felt so good. It reminded me of Bree Sharp's um, David Duchovny song. It reminded me of um, uh, Spin Doctor's Jimmy Olsen's Blues. Like it just kind of fell into that. Uh, I And I also was thinking of like, this is her doing Prince. This is her like, not, <laughs> not that the not that the songs are, are Prince-like no. or anywhere, but just no. that like, I've got so much love for this thing that's going to pour out of me for, you know, in right. this thing that I can do. Um, 
I, I was so impressed by it. And I am so glad that you wanted to share it um, with me and, and with the show, you know, like, I, I think it's such an interesting side of fandom that doesn't get talked about all that much. But again, when the yeah. talent's there, you can make some great stuff with it. Yeah, people, you have people write fanfic, you have people doing artwork. And like I said, if I didn't know my favorite songwriter didn't do songs about comic books, I would have never thought to do it. To sure. Try it. And so I'm glad I did. It was one of those moments that, you know, you do something, you realize, oh my gosh, I've reached another plateau. I've reached another, another, another level with this. Of and fan. I remember those songs coming out. They just came out. They came out so fast. I was like, I was on a high. I was <laughs> tuned in, whatever. And they just boom, 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 how they came out. I was proud of the arrangements and all that. Listening That's another now, thing. These don't sound bad. Like, they sound good. Um, your your vocal is a little light. And like, I want, yeah. I want to hear your vocal louder. But the, the instrumentation of it really does sound good. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean, really... I'm sorry, that sounded like a dick, like I'm like so surprised that it's quality, but like. No, I understand because I heard stuff and it's like, oh, you know. And yeah, exactly. That's why it's always nerve wracking. It's like, is it, I don't know, you know. I've heard it, my own songs that I've recorded. You, that's you know? fine. Yeah, exactly. That, that's where that, that reaction's coming from. But uh, no, I was, I was jamming to it literally in traffic this morning. Um, so we have, I mean, do you have any. Do you still record music? Do you have any plans to do anything with these in the future? Re-record them or make something else even? Yeah. Well, you know, I just recently thought about, it's like, oh, should I re-record these? And I was like, no, I'm kind of on the downswing of my music um, career. <laughs> I spent, after this, I finally, I joined some bands, which I was a good thing because it made me a better musician. Sure. Um, I learned more. It was a very learn, learning experience, but I was so focused on that, that for like 20 years that I went away from doing this type of production and, and things. And now got a bit of band burnout from a, a couple of years ago. Okay. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'm being shifted to refocus back on this. And um, I've done a couple of things since then. And I've, that's where I brought, I want to focus less on writing for myself. I would love to take somebody else's songs and like, let me, let me try to spruce it up. For Figure out how to make them you, great. Yeah. Make them better, you know, cause I yeah. work so hard to, I, you know, that's working on craft, right? That's what mm -hmm. those songs represent is me working on to make it sound like something somebody could listen to on the radio. And so I'd rather at this point, cause I was never a prolific songwriter take somebody else's things and kind of, you know, frost that cake. <laughs> well, in that, in that regard too, like, it's such a, um, I, I always like the, the reason I've learned so many different like weird art skills or craft skills is because I want to make something. And I love that. Um, it, it was almost, I, I, it's kind of the same theory here where like, you've got a skill or, or a drive to do something, but you need to practice it. So why not practice it with this thing that you already love, that you've already got some passion for and, and kind of combine right. those worlds, you know? Um, right. Well, very cool. Uh, we'll totally play I, I out with Mayor yeah. of Metropolis, by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, I did want to say, I uh, recently I did think about maybe I should re-record them because I've had 20 years more of experience yeah. and I have yeah, girl. equipment. And I was like, eh, maybe not, but now. if you need some background, <laughs> bop, 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 bop,
someone to sing lead, I'll be. Really no, happy. yeah, I mean, I like, so, I like your quality. I haven't, I haven't. Uh, Oh man, um, <laughs> everything in me wants me to say yes, um, but uh, I haven't so, sung since high school, so probably not. Oh my goodness! Um, so but, you know, you just you get you click back into it. You just sure. gotta like do it a little bit and get those muscles. No, don't don't, don't don't take but, you don't um, give so your voice I, so I much shit. Now that you know, now deciding to kind of share this with you because you were doing this these many episodes about yeah. how fans express themselves and. I'll offer it up and you know if you hate the songs I'm fine <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> no it's okay, it's it's really not not smoke blowing I I uh mm-hmm. I was I was a little trepidatious when I started to play I was just yeah. like okay yeah. I mean I we'll, we'll have totally. a great talk but we'll see how this goes and then I was like I'm gonna listen to Mary Metropolis again you know so <laughs> uh truly I, thank you I have to contend with music has completely changed the way it's written what's popular now the styles are completely changed oh it is so, so 90s totally, yeah, yeah it is so of the era that you wrote it in but that's it is, another yeah. reason why it fit frankly you know like why, why it felt right it was yeah i wrote it i did those back then basically right I mean, there may have been some updates when i had better equipment but they, that's when they were done I will say it did lead to me. My ultimate goal was to write a, a fake James Bond theme song, which I did <gasps> really? a couple of years ago. And yes, and I that was like, oh, my crowning achievement. I'm going to stop songwriting now. <laughs> oh, shit. I want to hear that a day, but cool. But, yeah, it's, you know, musically, I'm more proud of it. Lyrically, these songs are better. Okay, you know, so- I, um... I I did a couple lyrics, but anyway, that's real, real quick. Let's wrap this up. But I want like, yeah. what, um, what vein of a Bond song are you? Are you Shirley Bassey? Is it more of a modern, you know, like Cheryl Crow? Like where, where are you at? Okay. I, my whole concept and why I wanted to do this is like, I always wanted a, a Bond song sung by Karen Carpenter. Okay. So, oh, hell yeah. She has that the bittersweet she has such a bittersweet right voice to her and superstar like, kind of sounds like world is not enough anyway and yeah oh that's a good point i love world is not enough. that's a great song that's one of my favorite bond. i'm i'm a huge fan of like all the bond themes the theme, same theme, same here unique songs that everybody i have that created that hit that greatest hits album which is all the themes you know Shirley bassey yep. i also Jones. include some people's <laughs> that got cut that were written to be bond songs or like were clearly oh, really? like public bond audition songs, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so, so where, Who where, is that? No. so yeah. I have one of those as well. And that's kind of just about the last song I wrote in. And so, so we'll see. Yeah. So, but you know, yeah. So again, like, um, so it carpenters, so more of a, a throwback. It's a slow just, song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, um, I realize I have this guitar hook in it that's kind of like, oh gosh. I think one of the Shirley Bassey songs is like, oh, that's a little too close to that. A little and too diamonds like, or oh, something. Well. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> I think so. It might be diamonds are forever or something like that. So it's like, oh well, okay. I, I mean, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best there, like the Shirley yeah, Bassey. It was stuff, never so. intended to submit for a, an actual Bond movie. It just exists and it's yeah, totally. I, I call it it's called So Long Ago, the theme from Golden Snatch. I even made up a fake <laughs> Bond movie for <laughs> 
now. So a fake filthy Bond movie. <laughs> no. So that's all it was ever intended to be. Oh, that's awesome. Kind of a fun song. What it's I on, wouldn't give for Golden on SoundCloud, Snatch. I think I say it's one of the last songs I still have on SoundCloud. So I'll send you the link. Well, funny enough, <laughs> so are we. So uh we'll have to we'll have to hear that, please. Um okay. might have to post that on the Facebook. Uh, and then would like to know the plot of Golden Snatch a day as well. Um, oh, no. But in the meanwhile, Lori, like, it's hard to share these types of things sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But truly, it was quality. It was really fun. Uh, and I'm really, really glad that that uh, this kind of like recent run of uh, uh, fan talk episodes made you want to share that. So thank you so much. Um oh. Thank I, you for having me and being open to, you know, I know it's, it's a tough thing to do. If no, I, on my no, but you are in to like do this, but I'm glad it kind of worked out. And these have been sitting kind of quietly. Not many people have heard them and it's hard to say, Hey, you want to hear my Superman song? Like, everybody's like, ah, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get away. We'll, so I don't, yeah. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to, we're having tech issues, gang. I'm That's sorry. why you're hearing weird yeah, stuff at the table. So yeah. Um, no, we'll we'll find a way to get these out to be heard. And, and again, Mary Metropolis is 100% playing us out here. Um, but in the meantime, not sure when, but we'll have you back in Metropolis for sure. Um, anything anything else to mention? Yeah, I'll go. I'm outside of Metropolis. You can find <laughs> me on the YouTube channel Action Heroes LA, something my cousin and I started two years ago where, you know, we were going to the movies. We wanted to do something YouTube related. So okay, it's us reviewing movies. We recently, with all the great television that's been coming on, um, like the on like uh, Disney Plus and things like that, that mm-hmm. are superhero related. Cause I have to mention, his business is providing superheroes for kids parties. He does the costumes. Oh, rad, yes. He show up, it does a stunt show and all that. So, so we have it in, we relate, we review all kinds of movies, but when there is a superhero property, we like to jump in on that as well. So Action Heroes LA on YouTube. You can awesome. find me there. Or at uh, Lois and Clark, um, what is the Legacy. Watch Party? Oh yeah. And Lois and Clark, The Legacy. If you want to be part of the weekly screenings, we are midway through season three. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue on after we finish <laughs> the whole series. because It does take quite a bit out and as yeah. you may know, oh, I understand. Really, sometimes you don't really get to enjoy the episodes, yeah. setting everything up and making sure all the tech is going. So, um, well, I, I look forward to um, weekends being a little less precious and uh, being able to join you for for some of these because uh, I'm so pissed I missed uh, Tempest Fugitive. But um, I well, could always arrange. I've always toyed with arranging maybe an uh, one an extra showing later in the evening. One thing we're recently doing, I'm I'm streaming Wandavision for a couple people after. Oh, fun! Episodes, so. Cool. And but anyway, I, I've always told this like, well, maybe I'll do one that's because my original friends, most of them can't join now. That that started with it, so I might set one up. Okay. Once well, or once in a while, I I I toy with it. I don't know. Keep so, the fans better, posted, yeah. please. Yeah, that's cool. a better time for everybody else. So. Yeah. Um. Again. Thank you so much for joining me, Laurie, for, for sharing, for keeping the fandom alive. And um, <laughs> for Lois and Clark, I've been Matt Truex. I'm Laurie Ann Collins. 
folk off everybody we'll see you next time bye Will you endorse my new camp